Well, hey there, folks. Please excuse me while I interrupt our regularly scheduled program. Today is episode one of the Josh and Jason show, the Jason and Josh show, Jason and Josh conquer the universe. We have no idea what we're going to ultimately call this show, but my buddy and World Series champion, major league pitcher of over a decade, Josh Tomlin and I are starting our own show, and it's going to be covering mindsets. Yes, we're going to talk sports. We're going to talk about being fathers. We're going to talk about what it means to be a good and decent human being. And then thanks to Josh's incredible network of other professional athletes and just people that are, let's face it, a lot cooler than I am, we're going to have some really, really awesome guests. So I'm so excited that Josh wanted to join Texas Titan Media and create this show with me. We are so ecstatic about it. So until we get all the details worked out, I thought we'd do a little bit of podcast batting practice and let our boy, let let Josh, who is now a rookie once again in the podcast game, step up and take a few swings with the stage that is known as the Jason Wright Show. But this is not the Jason Wright Show today. Just put that aside. This is the Jason and Josh Show, and I hope you enjoy it. And whenever we formalize the name, all of the branding and all that, I really hope you will come back, check out the show. I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, here's something that does not change. Because you showed up here used to the Jason Wright Show. The Jason Wright Show is still going to be here. I'm not going anywhere because one of the best practices that I have found for me to improve always and always is doing the Jason Wright Show for you, my dedicated listeners, which, guys, I cannot believe. First of all, those of you who are listening, if you're a regular listener, thank you. Secondly, you are in the company of a lot of people that I don't know what I'm saying, and it's just it's kind of overwhelming, but the numbers continue to grow exponentially. So for that, thank you. Thank you for every week showing up and downloading this show and letting me hone my craft and try to, again, work to improve always and always while you watch and listen. And those of you who are in contact with me regularly, giving me ideas for the show, telling me things that meant something to you about the show, that means more to me than you'll ever know. I always want, no matter how big this show gets, I always want this to be a show where you feel like you are in contact with me directly. This is a tribe. This is a family. And this is about iron sharpening iron. And you're in this with me. And I want you to be in this with Josh and I. So enough of that. Enough lead up. Here is episode one, the pilot of the Josh and Jason show. Enjoy. Welcome to the Jason and Josh show. Exciting. This is exciting. All right. So just for the listener out there, if you happen to be listening, first of all, I don't know how you got here because we don't even know how we're going to advertise this thing. Or have a name. Or we don't have yeah, a name. We don't have anything. We have... We're, we're talking to each other <laughs> we... about things we love, about things we believe in, about everything. Baseball, you know, health and wellness, name it. We're talking about it all. So, you know, that brings up a very good point. So if you do happen to be listening to us or watching on the YouTube channel, which hasn't even been created yet, yeah. but, but will by the time we finish this or we'll shortly thereafter, <laughs> um, we need a name for the show. Otherwise, it's just the Jason and Josh show or the Josh and Jason show or the Josh and Jason conquer the yeah. universe show. JT, JW, like, yeah, come up with something for us. We need something clever. So. Yeah. Most of you probably know Josh Tomlin as a longtime 14 years in the bigs. Uh, parts of 12. 12. God, are you kidding me? Yeah. So over a decade as a major league pitcher, most recently yeah. with my favorite team of all time, the Atlanta Braves, yeah. and a World Series champion. Unreal. And I graduated third grade. I mean, <laughs> I mean what I mean, what am I gonna say? Yeah. Hi, and and I'm Jason. <laughs> 
I mean, what do you flex? He can just flex. What do you say to that? I'm like, okay, he's Josh, World Series champion. You know, you know, pitched in front of hundreds of thousands of people. And hi, I'm Jason. Yeah, but most people don't know me either. Let's be real honest. Like, I might have 12 years in the big leagues, played for 17, 18 years of pro ball altogether. Played for what 30? What am I? 37 now? 34 years of baseball? Like, but the average fan has no idea who I am. So. But can if we, you're not from Cleveland or maybe parts of Tyler or White House, like you probably have no idea who I am. Okay, let's talk about that though. You bring up a good topic. Yeah. Isn't that kind of the sweet spot of professional athletes? I love it. I'll be honest right? with you. Like, I mean, I'd, it'd be kind of cool to be have, um, you know, have somebody recognize you that you have no idea. Like you're in a town of, you know, New York City, and someone just walking on the street recognizes you. That's kind of cool. But um, I think that would get old for me. Yeah. I'm. I'm very. Um, I'm a personal person, but I like to have my space. I like to be me when I want to be me and be alone when I want to be alone. Right. So I think being too popular or being too big name would be, oh, let's be real honest. It'd be awesome to be that good yeah. to be that recognizable or that good just in general. People have to know you. Yeah. But um, I do like my, I do like going under the radar. Just goes to show you, Josh Tomlin, every rose has its thorn. Yeah, it does. Right. I mean, yeah. it, you know, so, my buddy Mike Quinn, he played. Uh, he had a nice career in the uh, NFL as a backup quarterback. Yeah. So I mean, you figure first of all, you make a great living, even at the league minimum. You're making a good living, right? right? And you get to be a professional athlete, and it's and I see. I've always thought that's why I want to be popular as an author, a podcaster, so in, in a certain niche. I don't want to be Joe Rogan. I don't want to be where I have to have security. I have to have all those headaches and everybody kind of latching on. But you're you're so much, but you're still in the top one percent of your field. It's just to me that's just the sweetest spot of all. I agree. Do you, do you think that comes with success, or do you think that comes with topics that like Joe mm, Rogan? Yeah, that's a good point. I think that like I've thought about that. It's really interesting. You think we up. all want that kind of success, right? Like he yeah. is one of the top podcasters. If there's the top pot podcaster in the world yeah right gotta yeah. be yeah um but yeah i mean that's that's what's nuts about it like he's that popular that yeah. we have to have security things like that walking around like yeah. I, I don't know if i'd like that either yeah i think that would get really old because i don't know i guess it, it all it boils down to dude is i think that you kind of hit the sweet spot yeah mm -hmm. i mean i really do because you get to tell these stories which i i know that this show is gonna un unveil a lot of those for example I have told the story about you finally breaking your flow state. All right, so let me back this up. So you and I are talking yeah. the other day about flow. Yeah. And just so that you guys listening, one of the things you're going to find out about Josh and I is that we love to talk about self-improvement, mental health, physical health, what to eat, when to sleep. I mean, we're both kind of, I mean, obviously he's a professional athlete. I'm a stay-at-home athlete, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, but, but I'm, you know, it, for those of you who have uh, found your way over, and maybe what we'll do is we'll pop this into the Jason Wright show as kind of a, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll throw it in there as like, this is the first, you know, the debut of, of our show, but kind of let our audience over there figure it out. So if you ever listen to that, you know that the improve always and always lifestyle is what I'm all about. Well, one day you and I are talking about flow and I was like, dude, I'm so jealous because as a professional athlete, you get to experience flow at a level that most people never do. Because when you're on the mound, you've got all those people bearing down on you. You've got a, such an immediate feedback loop of either throwing a ball, a strike, getting a hit, whatever the case may be. So it just seems like you would just be in this awesome state of flow. And you tell me this story about the one time where, where, where literally, like you always hear this idea of getting into an athlete's head. and I'll let you, I'll just tee it up with that. You look over and what do you see? I see a guy flipping me off <laughs> from the third base, behind third base at Fenway Park, probably five or six rows up, um, just yelling at me. And the whole crowd was apparently chanting my name, um, trying to get in my head. Uh, they were like the Quato, like the whole thing that happened back whenever uh, Johnny Quato was pitching. They were doing that to me, um, game three, uh, the ALCS. No, ALDS. We were going to ALCS. To, to go we ended up sweeping boston that year 2016 um but i come set i'm facing sandy de leon and um i come set and i look over and that's the first thing i see down on base i'm coming set and I look and i can see this dude flipping me off and i'm like oh oh and, and i just see it and I, I had to take a step off the mound I'm like holy crap and then i started hearing everything 
immediately didn't hear anything that was going on, didn't see anything that was going on. One thing I had in my mind is I'm about to throw a curveball to DeLeon right here. Um, try to get him out because I think if Benettini just hit a double and I don't want to be taking on this game. Um, we need to win this game to get to the AL Championship to try to get one step further to get in the World Series. So the whole thing is going on in my head um, of I got to execute this pitch, execute this pitch, come set, I see that. Now it completely throws me off. And I never, I've never done that in my entire career, gotten to the point where I'm like, what the hell has happened? <laughs> and I can see this guy doing it. And then I step off, gather my thoughts, and I can hear everything. I'm like, okay. It's kind of like that show for Love of the Game where it's clear the mechanism and it won't clear at the time because right. you got so many other thoughts going on. That's exactly what happened to me. And um, I think we talked about, I didn't understand the whole loop of being in the flow, mm -hmm, like immediate mm -hmm, feedback mm -hmm, loop. Mm -hmm. Most people search for that or they, um, like you talked about, somebody wants to lose weight. Right. Feedback loop's not for another month, 30, yeah. 60 days potentially. Um, so people end up not being able to get in that flow state um, and stay in that flow state. Right. Um, athletes do have that, that luxury of having immediate feedback, immediate feedback. And I got immediate feedback, but not the immediate feedback I wanted. I was like, what the shit's going on right now? I was like, oh God. Like, I just, it just caught me off guard. I was like, dang, man. Like I'd never felt that before, but um, I understand how athletes that can't get in that flow state can get rattled by that because yeah. it, it threw me for a second. Yeah. Ended up getting the guy out, but it was for a second that I'm like, dang, I got to hey, focus back in, lock it back in, Josh, son of a bitch, dude. You got to go. You got to go. Dude, well, the thing is crazy about that. So one of the things that really struck me most about the first ever golf tournament I went to, okay, like you and you will never see me on a golf course. I hate golf. It's a great sport. I admire the golfers. I just, I'm so bad at it. I don't have the patience nor the money to spend on golf to ever be good at it. So to me, it was always miserable. But I enjoy, like, if I ever go to a golf tournament. I'll never forget the first time I went to the Masters and I followed Tiger for a while. And you could always, back in those days, it's like 02, 03, something like that. And so there was just this huge crowd of people. And then whenever he would go to tee off, all these people just bearing down on him. Oh, it's nuts. Watch it. And then, <clears throat> then you, I mean, they're a little further from the pitchers now, but still, you've got all these people watching what you're doing. I mean, it's like, not to mention everybody on TV because the camera doesn't fixate on the whole entire field. It fixates on one or two exactly. things. Pitcher, catcher, hitter. Exactly. Right? Couple things. And not to mention it's a lonely we, we talk about this all the time. The loneliest place on a baseball field is the mound. Oh yeah. It's the loneliest place in the world. Um in sports atmosphere, in my opinion. Maybe like a free throw or something like that. But uh I mean you're there and the game doesn't start until you throw the pitch. Yeah. The next the bat doesn't start until you throw the pitch. The next play doesn't start until you throw a pitch. Right. Nothing happens until a pitcher does what he has to do, yeah. period. So yeah. everybody is waiting for you to do what you have to do. Yeah. And that's why I think I worked so quick my entire life because I don't like people waiting. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like to wait myself for that matter. But um, yeah, it's, it's nuts. I don't like to feel that whole anxiety of, okay, I got to get the ball. What's going to happen next? I don't like to think about what's going to happen next. I like to, the results are going to take care of themselves, right? Hell or high water, whatever I can control is getting that ball, putting the grip in my hand, and I'm going to do, throw it. Done. That's one thing I can do, right? Yeah. I know in my head I'm throwing a cutter down in a way or a fastball up and then whatever the case may be. I throw it. If I execute it, whatever happens, or if I don't execute it, whatever happens after that is out of my control. Right. Period. Right. So get the ball and go. Period. Just go. Just go. All See right. What happens. All right. So you're thinking, I got to really gotta get this guy high and in or whatever. But with the camera on you, you got a big hairy booger. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's watching. Yeah. And, and you don't know do, do you, but but do but what what do you ever feel it? You go, holy crap! I've got a hanger, and right now the camera's probably zoomed in on me. If I pick it, everybody's gonna see. I pick it. I, I'd pick it. So I, I don't know if I've ever had one or not, but so feel free if I did, let me know. Yeah. But I I, I pitched with a dip in, um, and I don't promote dipping by any means, but that was <clears throat> that was my way of kind of giving myself something else to think about while I'm on the mound. Um, almost like a mouthpiece per se for a football player, Steph Curry, right? Steph Curry right. shooting a free throw with his mouthpiece hanging out. Yeah. He's not in his mouth protecting his teeth. He's right. just in there chewing and just right. shooting free throws. Um, and I think something somebody said his shot percentage went up like 30%. It was 30% better when he had it in. Yeah. Um, so we just kept doing it. But um, so I'm sure there's times where I've smiled, laughed at something, and I have this dip hanging in my teeth, or like I spit and um, my beard, I, just like spit dribbles in my something like that but if i do if i listen if i'm, if I'm discussing on the mound my apologies but i never claim to be a good looking guy 
Okay, so can I tell you a little bit of inside baseball on on me? Yeah. All right. So for whatever reason, first of all, I just don't take life very seriously. I, I seem like I do. Right. And like that's one of the things I'm really excited about our show is because we're going to talk about serious topics. Right. And you and I are going to get – I know that eventually we'll do like we do at your house. We'll zone in on some topic about self-improvement or world events, and we'll go hard to the hoop and get all serious. But – for the better part of my life, I don't take it very seriously. I love to laugh, and I am the class clown. And so I used to be on city council here in Tyler. And one of my favorite things to do, I don't know why, I don't know if it's a gift, if it's a curse, it's probably just me being an annoying human being. I don't care how serious the event, I can make it funny, and I won't crack a smile. So what I would like to do whenever I was on city council here in Tyler is I would make my other councilman laugh during a meeting and you're up there on the dais and you've got the little local closed circuit. I mean, it's not quite, you know, national television in the world series, Josh Tomlin, right. but yeah. you know, it's big time for, <laughs> for, for, for a local right. citizen of Tyler. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was, it was big time yeah. for me. About huge topics here. Exactly. You know, I mean, are, are, are we, are, like, what are we, are you saying, are we going to fix that pothole or not? <laughs> but I used to like, I would say something or whatever. And, like Martin, I'm calling them out. Martin Hines and Sam Mosaic or Mark Watley, they were in on. They knew, and they would be kind of burying their heads, trying to look all serious. And I'm just, and I'm just like doing this, you know, like it's no big deal. But one of my favorite ones, and this, I've never told this story to anybody other than the people that were in on it. I, uh, I was at this event and I had to give a speech, and I had a lot of my employees there. It was back when I owned my real estate brokerage, and we had this fictitious character named Ricky Brickerdo. And it came because I have one of those buddies that worked with me that no matter what the story, he would come up with, oh, man, when I was in college, me and Ricky Brickerdo, we got buck naked and ran down 6th Street, and it was awesome. And then we got in a fight, and then we woke up with nothing but ponchos. And I mean, it's like, what? It's like, do you, you, and it's always some random. So finally, I told him what I said. I said, every story you have, like, Somebody, you and Ricky Brickerdo just picked a fight. And so Ricky Brickerdo was a real person. No, he wasn't. No, no. I made him up and <laughs> to make him fun of my friend who just always had somebody with him. Right, but, right. And so, but from that, Ricky Brickerdo became the guy that was always worked into our stories around the company and we blamed everything on anything that went wrong. Oh, that's amazing. It was damn Ricky Brickerdo. Yeah. So I get up at this, uh, this event and I have to give a speech. And we all had tables, you know, it's kind of like a banquet thing. And so my company has a table. And one of my agents says, you don't have a hair on your ass if you don't mention Ricky Brickerdo in your speech. And I was like, game the freak on. <laughs> Ricky Brickerdo, you are about to make your debut, my friend. That's amazing. And so I get up there. And, of course, I'm a real estate broker at the time. And I'm giving this speech about... You know, and this is such a great industry, does great things. And as a matter of fact, I had a rookie agent come interview with me the other day. His name was Ricky Brickerdo. And I go on and talk about the passion that Ricky Brickerdo was entering the real estate industry with. And I look out of the corner of my and my whole table, they're just their heads are down, their baits. I love it. So game this, game one. Game this is match. why I, I don't know if you can remember what was the guy's Steve Psycho something that played for the White Sox that pulled his pants down to like dust himself off. This was years ago. This was probably back before you were even born. This is back whenever I think I was in high school. His name was they call him Steve Psycho something. He played for the White Sox and he acted like he wasn't thinking. He went ran to first base and he did a a, a, a head head first slide. And he like pulled his pants down, just had his sliders on dust. Then he pulls, oh, them, then back he pulls them back up. Yes. Yeah, I've seen the clip. I didn't right. know. Yeah, Old right, clip. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I would be, and, and now what did he really forget or not? He was kind of a goofball anyway. I would be that guy or the pitcher for the San Francisco, Brian Jones, was that his name? That was always doing some kind of crazy antics. Again, this guy's probably early 2000s. Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson. Yeah, with the beard. With the beard. Yeah. Just a goofball. Right. You know? I would probably be that guy. So managers would either love me or hate me because I would be That's a goofball. Exactly. There's no, there's no in between there. Exactly. With managers. Like you either get the new school guys, they're like, okay, we can put up with it as long as you're doing well. Right. right. But then you got some old school guys who are like, you know what? Knock this shit off. Like, yeah. You're putting a target on your back. Exactly. And I agree with both of them. Like there's a whole, there's a whole like thing about it, but, um, you're, there's no in between. There's no like, okay, just let him do what he needs to do. That's, that's his style. There's not that. Maybe, as we're progressing in Major League Baseball, that might be a little bit of the case. New managers, new you know, ownerships and things like that. Like, letting you kind of do your own thing. But 
Yeah, when I first got in the league, there was uh, you were either um, if you had some kind of quirks, you better be producing, and if you didn't have quirks, like you better be a hell of a team guy. Yeah, like one or the other. See, so so what you're saying, what I what I take from that, Josh Tomlin, is that but you had a chance. I had a chance. Yeah. I probably I was probably ahead of my time when, as, as, as a clown. What you needed to produce, though. I mean, come on. So, so you're saying the only thing that probably kept me out of professional baseball was my crazy antics, but but they might be well received today. Great, great. All right, all right. Well, that gives us something else to put on our to do list. Get well, yeah. get Jason to the bigs at the right well, like, Maybe by the time I'm 50, because that's exactly. not too far away, dude. You still got time. I think Jamie Moyer did it till he was like 50. Tom Brady's. I mean, look at him. He's playing a the tough sport. You know, I do, you know, which by the way, we've got to do this. So I saw yesterday, it was uh, on his Instagram, he was out uh, taking hitting some. BP, yeah. Yes, he was hitting yeah. BP. I have got, you got to go throw me some BP. I'd love to. I, I ask everybody in the league that I've faced for 12 years, they all think I threw BP anyway. So. <laughs> Come on, dude. More, well, more it's home because, runs and walks. I mean, okay, but all right, let's talk about that. Let's just dive in just a little bit to the career of Josh <laughs> Tomlin because, all right. What it's, I know, it's, it's not going to be a long topic. Like it's, no, no. Look, stop, stop with the false humility, dude. Here's, and I'm not going to just blow sunshine up your ass. Yes, yeah, yes. You you gave up a lot of hits, but what did you do? Very, very few times, which is walk. Right. About it, right? You right. Di- you you hated walks. I can't stand it. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's pointless. Like to me, it was pointless. It's not like I get nowadays. Like they don't like. It's not about the walks to them. If you can strike out more than you walk. Let on base, then who cares, right? right? Like, but I didn't have the luxury of throwing 100 miles an hour and had, had swing and miss ability in my arsenal. So, it, you know what? Me letting a guy get on just to get on, yeah, without a purpose behind that guy getting on to face the guy on deck, it it ate at me. It absolutely ate at me because it just free passes to me are just ah, why? yeah. Why yeah. do it? I gave up so many home runs in my career that why have a chance of giving up a crooked number in one inning as opposed to potentially just a solo shot? Right. Like my whole deal was like, just earn your way on. Like yeah. I, I get it. You're probably going to earn your way on more than I'm going to let get you out, but so be it. Earn it. Yeah. At least earn it. Yeah. But see, I, I appreciate that. That's, that's the thing. That's why I want to bring that up is because, you know, yeah. I, another thing though, what makes me feel confident because I know your control of the ball is like, I don't have to worry about getting hit in the freaking gourd whenever yeah. we go do some BP. Yeah, well, they took away sticky stuff, so maybe. Uh, all right, never right. a big sticky stuff guy, but it's. Do guys really do that now. stuff? Do they really like? You need to. Just, I, they I started checking the ball ever. I didn't know that. I don't think until I went to see you play in Colorado. Not you know, the, I, not the ball. They check the hands and the gloves. Well, but they check but they, everything. They, they right? do check everything now. Right now, they check the hands. They check okay. the hand more than anything okay. else. And and there's a real issue with the ball in Major League Baseball. It really is. Like really. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady got in a. She oh, that's true. For the whole like deflating Deflate, the ball, yeah, tad right, bit. like right. like a little bit of that. Like I don't know if that's true or not, but apparently it was. Um, but soccer, like there's there's a regulation ball for each sport, and right. they don't get to use as many balls as baseball. It's, it's it's a tough gig. I get it, but I mean, like right now the ball's not flying like it was last year, and yeah. you know me first getting the league, the ball wasn't flying like it was five years ago. Like there's a whole different change in these balls, and it's easy to see. Like I could reach my hand in a bucket of balls. If you put balls from the time 2010 until as of last year, you put a bucket of balls down. I can reach in there and tell you the different sizes of ball, different types of balls, what year they were. If right. there's a Manfred or if there's a Seelig autograph on it, I can tell you just by, by the feeling of the ball. You can. It's hmm. different. And it's weird to say that, but you're putting baseballs in guys' hands that have done this for so long. It's their, it's their livelihood. Right. And um, like the seams will be smaller. Some will be bigger. Like it's a whole thing. The balls will be slick as ice. They rub it with mud, mm. right? When mud dries, what happens to it? It turns to sand. Yeah, right, right. Sand is not sticky. Right. Sand is not tacky, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not. Right. Let's be real honest. So, I mean, you go, you get the ball, and you have a little sweat or something like that, and rub it down. You can get some grip to it. But what guys were mainly looking for is, and don't get me wrong, people took it way to the extreme with this spider tack stuff and firm grip and things like that, to where, you know. You could throw a pitch and leather would be on your finger. That's how much <laughs> sticky stuff was on it. Wow. Creating different spin rates of the ball yeah. makes it spin harder, makes it break further, um, faster, things like that, later. Um, so it made it tough for hitters. I get it. I completely understand. But there's got to be a solution with how the leather is made or what you rub the ball up with. 
just put a little stuff inside it. That way they have a little bit of a grip to it. I'm yeah. not saying they need tackiness. Yeah. The difference between having a grip and having tacky right, stuff on right, board, right? right? Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's necessary for sure. And they don't. I think this is what I noticed whenever I watched you because I had I mean I had not been to a a live game in so many years until I was in Colorado and went yeah. to to that game that you got me to and they only use like if a, a baseball if the bat touches it that's it right 95 percent of the time yes not so, like a line drive or something like that the shortstop catches it whatever they throw it around the horn to get it back yeah you can use it again but if a ball touches a piece of dirt mm-hmm. um or it's foul back hits the net hits the grass it's gone like they just i think there's something like like eight dozen, maybe a hundred and something balls are used per game. Something yeah. outrageous like that. Maybe it's more than that. I, I just made that number up off the top of my head. It's so. a lot. I mean, yeah. I was blown away. Like I was like, gosh, seems like all these, there's a ton of baseballs, you know, right. but I guess a lot of them, but they all seem to go into the stands too, which is kind of a nice little PR deal. Right. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys just throw them up there. All right. Well, so I told you being our first episode, we're just kind of testing things out. Yeah. I came up with a little segment called balls and strikes. You want to play balls and strikes? All right, listeners. Yeah. So here's the deal. Here's the way this works. I'm going to throw a topic at Josh Tomlin. And what is it? And you, you'll be able to give, you'll be able to make this list for me too. Eventually you, know, yeah. you, you can come at me, but the deal is I'm going to give you a topic and you're going to either call a ball or a strike. It's a strike. That's money. We like that. That's yeah, yeah. good. And you're going to have to defend your case because I may disagree. If it's a yeah, ball, same, yeah. ball, same thing. Nope. And then there might be some of these like, whoa, no, that's that's just nasty foul ball. You didn't even, I mean, that's like that's a tough one. That's like Ricky Vaughn, you know, in those first few pitches, just scaring people. <laughs> it was so bad. All right. Yeah, yeah. So this is balls and strikes. So number one on balls and strikes, dudes and tank tops. Is that a ball or a strike? Strike if it fits. Mm. So fit meaning loose or like is this dude like kind no, of like baby gapping it not like baby gapping it like uh it has to fit the attire like if you're just some meathead that wears some tight tank top just to show off your muscles and yeah like it's skin tight ball yeah but like if you just got a tank top on you're enjoying the summer you're on the beach like stuff like yeah yeah strike yeah for sure i kind of agree with that jimlin won't let me wear a tank top of any kind and it, part of it's because i have real big boobs yeah i mean i just i'm, I'm booby you know right. and now, now they're they're firm guy. they're your firm boobies right. but i've got this big old goofy barrel chest yeah and so that's so cleavage whenever you put it on yeah look, cleavage and my nipples are kind of out the sides you know kind of around my <laughs> armpits side boob. yeah so it just doesn't look good at all but i tell you what i can't stand though is the guy at the beach just like uber tan and shaven and maybe even a spray tan and like a fluorescent tank top that that's a ball yeah that's a ball yeah I agree. or if it's like really loose like you guys wearing a, a baggy ass tank top that's real big like ah that's that's yeah don't have yeah. the muscle don't have the arms for it. like ah, that's a ball that's right a ball. okay all right so sticking with uh clothing oh. ball or strike speedos hmm. ball yeah ball all day long yeah in my opinion like I, I i don't even like watching weightlifters like powerlifting i don't like watching that either like so you know what i've got the, you're a strike guy aren't you well it's a ball but for me, when I wear one, it's a strategic ball. I'm th- okay. I, I'm oh, so you're a I'm field th- guy. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm throwing a ball because it's necessary, just like you would as a pitcher. Okay, I, I know yeah, you yeah. hated it, yeah. but sometimes you got to go a little outside. You well, got yeah, to face the next one. Your tight. matchup's better against the next one. So I have a collection of Speedos, one of which is metallic gold. And I got to tell you this story. So I guess the girls were, man, they were in those uh, really formative years, somewhere around 9 or 11. And we're at the beach and we go to the beach every year with a certain couple, Sam and Diane, if you're listening, as you should be, I love you guys. So we go to Destin together every year. Sam and Diane off of Cheers? Uh, isn't that funny? They yeah. are. They, they, this this yeah. couple, which will, which will be celebrating, I think their 26th wedding anniversary in July, even better love story than oh, Sam dude. and Diane, That's dude. Great. Even better yeah. love story. So the first year we ever went with them, we they get down to the beach before us and we get down there they are dressed like just white trash i mean they've got the the bubba teeth in concert tees from the early 80s with the sleeves cut off cut off jeans They're like hey rides welcome I'm like oh 
game on next year. I'm coming prepared. See, that's so, great. That's, you need friendships like that. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So that's what set me upon a shopping trip for my very first Speedo, which was an Angry Birds Angry Speedo. Birds. So, so this isn't too long ago. No, this isn't too terribly long ago, dude. Yeah. This is like, yeah, this is less than maybe 10 years ago, less than a decade Angry ago. Angry Birds is that? Yeah, it's that old, dude. I'm telling you. Get, what do you get my age? It gets even faster, dude. It goes <laughs> even faster. Just get ready, Josh Tomlin. So the next year, I made sure they went down before we did. Mm -hmm. And they're in their seats. And they're wearing normal things at that point. Because this was this was just kind of like our the, the previous year was like our first year. And so they were being funny. Yeah. But I'm like, you have no idea what you're yeah, dealing with. You so set yourself up for. Oh, so I go running down in my Angry Bird Speedo. I, the ties like a schmedium wife beater t-shirt <laughs> and flippers and a snorkel and just start yelling sam and my poor daughters because i have a towel around me i take the towel off and then go running on the beach rylan went one way abby went another oh, i can't imagine but this started a trend for me at the beach now i've got a gold metallic speedo looks like what one of those old wrestlers like the von like erics yeah, from the 80s or whatever yeah. got one of those and there's something really weird about the texture of the metallic and the way it shows, speaking of balls and strikes, it, the, there's something about the, the outline of the metallic Speedo. It's like, if you, if you are, you don't want to wear the metallic Speedo in a really cold swimming pool or, or you're going to get laughs for a totally different reason. Yeah, you know, not so, because of the speedo, it's because of what they see in the speedo. Exactly. So I would say, see. I would say, just the, the 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 European, the random European dude that rolls into an American beach with his speedo on, that's that's a ball. Yeah. I mean, he needs to learn. That's just, it's fine. God bless him. But we just don't do that normally here. Right. But if but if, but if if you if you call if your catcher if, if your catcher says, hey, we're calling a ball, bring the speedo out because yeah. it's freaking funny, then yeah. it's a strategic ball. It's O2, hey, get it out there just so you don't give up an O2 hit. Otherwise, if you, you don't know better, if it's not a strategic ball, then, you know, then yeah, that's, or it's not, it's, it's not, it's not called for. So, Correct. all right. All right. Here's one for you, because this is something that I have just started back. Thanks to uh, Mrs. Wright. Guys who wear cologne. Is yes. Yeah. Or strike. For yeah. Sure. It's a strike. Yeah. I agree. I, no, agree. I, don't, I don't need to smell your BL. Like if you have BL, like cover it up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's a bad though. I, I, I don't like I don't like detergent smell. Like, yeah. I like the smell of fresh stuff. Don't get me yeah. wrong, like uh, fresh flowers, fruit, things like that. That's the fresh stuff. You smell. I don't need this fresh detergent or your bounty um, dryer sheets. I don't need to hear. I don't need to smell that. Like right. I get it. You wash your clothes. Yeah. Smell good. Just yeah. smell decent. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe See, maybe not. Like men are wearing perfume too. Some, isn't that weird? That's like, a that's a thing. It's a thing. Or unisex. It's like I think Calvin CK one was the first unisex cologne right. or perfume. But I'm not now, sure how I feel about that. Really, I, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I like a musky. I like the, <clears throat> I like a man smell yeah. that smells like a man. <clears throat> I do. I like the. Um, I think my favorite I've ever owned maybe was either Polo Sport or a um, Cool Water. Oh, Davidoff Cool yeah, Water, yeah, yeah. baby. Um, or a, a Aquadigio. Yeah, a, I think that's it. The name of it. Was yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff. Like, um, and my wife actually got me some Gucci cologne that I like a lot. But uh, yeah, it's stout. Like it's it's a whole different. When you get those name brand ones, like a Gucci stuff, like it one squirt is like whoa. Oh, back oh. up. So Mrs. Wright and I went cologne shopping not too long ago, and I and again I had not. I used to wear my 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 signature scent as I call it was just the Tom Ford original. Just oh, I mean yeah, Tom Ford that dude. His cologne is just, I mean, it makes you, it, it's like if you cut your veins, you would bleed, you know, like yeah. it'd smell like leather or right. something. You know I mean, it's just, just hardcore man smell. So I loved it. Like but sawdust. Then, exactly. Like just, yeah, I, like I mean, that. just rugged. So, but I stopped wearing it for a long time, but then I decided I wanted to go, you know, Mrs. Wright, she liked the cologne. So I was like, all right, let's go find some cologne. Well, then I went back over to, uh, I went to uh, Neiman's and we went to the Creed section and, and Creed is one of the oldest perfumeries in the world been around forever i mean this is what winston churchill wore this is what carrie grant wore this is like serious stuff and i got some uh, a bottle of creed and what's funny is i'm like well, you don't need to do that i don't i don't need it that bad i'll get some cologne but i don't need that i'll use right. another bottle of tom ford and i said and, and we discussed how much it cost dude it's like 
this stuff better do more than just cover me and smell, you know, this is, and so, and she didn't tell me, she, again, like we talked about on the way over here, when Mrs. Wright decides that she wants me to have something, it's, it doesn't matter what you it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Katie bar the door. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have it. She's just, she's awesome that way, which by the way, happy anniversary, Mrs. Wright. I'm not sure when we're going to air this, but today's our anniversary, as you know. Yeah. And I so. suggested a different day. Just so you ha don't get bad at me, Mrs. Wright, please. No, don't worry. She loves you. And, uh, <laughs> but by the way, one of the things that's funny, apparently, she and Carly have had conversations about our marathon <laughs> brainstorming sessions. Oh, I'm sure they have. It's like, what they are they, they doing they in there? They need to do the same thing, though. They need to do. This. I think Carly and Mrs. Rice do the same thing. Like, yeah. Jimmy and Carly, like, do, do, do this too. Like, yeah. About hot tots or about kids, y'all are both perfect with them. It's healthy. So, yeah. It's healthy. Yeah. But all right, I'm with you. I think cologne, if it's the right cologne, That's and right. if it's worn properly. <laughs> Then cologne's a strike, and you know, and the ladies, and in our case, we only care about you know two ladies, right. yours and mine. If they like it, then more the better. And you know what I've noticed? This is kind of weird. I don't know if there's probably some psychology behind this, but I tend to when I'm when I'm dressed in something that I really like, and I smell a smell that I really like, I just feel better. I, I think I'm I think I'm more productive. You are. There, I don't know the science behind it, but I'm gonna make some science up real fast. Um, People do it all the time these days. Yeah, Go for it, brother. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. Trust the science. Trust the science. Look good, feel good, play good. I like it. Right? Like That's it. what we say in baseball. You look good, you feel good. Yeah. You feel good, you play good. Right. More chances than not. Right. So, like, you know, we, you make fun of some guys that wear a sloppy uniform. And it's like, oh, come on, man. Like, just make it fit. I was going to – okay, it's funny. When you said that, the look good, feel good, or play good – I was going to ask you because I didn't put it on my list of balls and strikes, mm -hmm. but I'm glad it popped into my head. I was yeah. going to sneak it in there. The uber baggy uniforms. Is that a ball or a strike as a it professional depends. athlete? When, it, when he first got into the league, it's a strike. Oh. When, when I first got into the league, it's a strike. Manny Ramirez started wearing those baggy yep. uniforms like that go over the boot, like over the Which just, boot cut. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, they go over the, the shoe, right? Yeah. And then, but you have Vladimir Guerrero, who started the original Vladimir Guerrero, his, his, his uh, junior's dad. Um, which, by the way, I'm sure I got him and his son. That happened last year. It's kind of cool to me. Um, used to tuck him in his pants, high top, and he'd tuck him in his pants and tie him up so it went all the way down. Like, guys just didn't want to wear socks or didn't want to wear the high socks. Yeah. But then, um, like, guys even go as, as far as, like, vel Velcro the back of their shoe and then Velcro the inside of their pants. Or not even Velcro the inside of their pants because it'll just stick on the back of them um, just to keep them down. Like, it depends on – if you're a big jack, big-legged guy um, – some of them like to wear them a tad bit baggy just to go over the shoe. Um, I kind of, I, I kind of went both ways. I wasn't, I was never a baggy up top guy. I didn't like that. I like the way it felt. But Pedro Martinez would cut the bottom of it or get it some length at yeah. it, so that he wouldn't feel it. He'd right. feel that sweepiness on his arm. Um, but I'm, I'm more of a fitted kind of guy. Like if you want them a little bit wider at the bottom so they go over the top of your shoes, or they don't have like, you know, high tops with, you know, the, the very, very bottom of them just be tapered like a Jeter. I like the look, to be honest with you, like a Verlander now. Yeah. Um, Spencer Strider with the Braves right now. Like, these guys can pull that off. They have big legs. Um, they've had the high top look. It just fits them. I got cankles. So, more times than not, I'm not going to wear high pants. Right. Or pants that just come right to my ankle. Because I just feel like, ah, you know what? Like, it's, I don't need everybody to see my big ankles. Like a peg leg. Yeah. Like a. It, 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 my, it goes from my, you know, my ankle to my thigh. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that. As I'm showing, oh yeah, good. You know, I thought I was showing now. I'm like, hey. no, we just did a little bit of quad there. You're good. Mm -hmm. So see, whenever I was, uh, when I was in high school, that's whenever. So we're talking like early '90s. Um, that's whenever they just started the whole wearing the. the it's like the the pants started getting longer and longer and longer. Mm -hmm. and it was tough for me because I never could find any that were really long. I'm pretty long legged, and so I would just have this long crotch because I would try to pull mine yeah. down. Oh yeah. And then it went like, do they even wear leggings? Are those even a thing anymore? Oh heck yeah! Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, still a thing. Okay, I mean, guys wear long ones. A lot of guys right now wear their pants up. Yeah, and wear See, like tights the, underneath. Yeah, I like pants up too. Yeah, I wish I had the legs to do it. Pants up, old seventies kind of look. Right, yeah, like but a, they wear <clears throat> the tights that are the same color as the socks. Yeah, and then yeah, just yeah. wear like little not ankle socks, but little you know calf socks. Yeah, it's all matches, so yeah. they can wear them like a tad bit above their knee. Right, right. So it's just that comfort factor, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, I think the high pant look is coming back. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I, and that's a cool thing about like, and there's those players, like I remember, I don't know, just when they, 
when they go for the retro look, when it's like you're not trying to create something new, and I think that's why I never accepted the uber baggy is because I'm an ultra traditionalist. I'll admit it. So like whenever I see, I think like back in the day, and I always sell these old names because I'm I'm so much older than you. But like when I think Robin Ventura was one of those guys that started wearing the high legs and kind of looking old school. Right. I dig that. And so now even more because there's been even more styles come through the league of just kind of that kind of regular standard look of just enough legging showing then the long pants, the baggy. So now when you pop back to like the 60s or the 70s look, yeah. it really stands out. I'm like, I okay, I, I, like I, I dig that. And I, I, that. I especially like it when guys, and I think they should do this universal. Like whenever you go like the um, – like the old timer looks, right? Like the like they had the throwback yeah, uniforms, yeah, right? From yeah. the sixties, seventies. Yeah. And, um, like we had the Hank Aaron uniforms, which are some of the baddest, <sighs> Those most badass so cool, yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, I think they should make them to where like they don't go below your calf. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. most guys didn't wear their pants below their calf. Right. So right. like tailored to make it look like we were in that time and that era. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's really neat, like the stirrups and stuff. Like when guys can pull off the stirrups and the like not even just a high pants stirrup, like the down to the mid calf with the stirrups. Like I think that's a cool look. Yeah, for certain guys. Agree, agree. Okay, you know what? I don't have this on my list, but hearkening uh, to a conversation we had before we uh, started rolling, I'm gonna throw this in: ball or strike. Pete Rose not in the Hall of Fame. Ball. Yeah. She needs to be in the Hall of Fame. It, is that the sentiment of most professional baseball players? I think so. Yes. You think they'll? they'll I know it is. Will yeah. they ever change that? How can they not? You can I'm, bet on baseball right now. Like players can't. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Right. Players, coaches, and stuff like that can't. But um, owners are about to start making a ton of money off this betting stuff. Yep. Yeah. And so is the leagues. Right. right? The league. MLB, um, owners, um, people that work for MLB, they're going to make a ton of money off this stuff. Right. Um, and it's betting on baseball. Yep. It's. Well, Pete Rose did was arguably you, you can't do it. Mm -hmm. But let's let's go back to him how he did it, like betting on his team to win, things like that. I get it. He was managing when it happened, so don't let the guy manage ever again. Don't yeah. let him maybe get back on a field again. But come on, do like ban him from the Hall of Fame. This guy has the most hits in the history of the game. Yeah, and and, and, and was arguably one of the better, like how he played the game. He played it just old, rugged, like just. All you out. Took dude. the guy out in the all-star game. Like I'm saying you need to do that. Like that's a little bit too much, Pete, but uh, <laughs> like, that's just his one speed, yeah. right? Like you gotta respect the fact that he had one speed. Yeah. Right. And one it didn't and he did it in a era where like he, he was just kind of slapping the ball, like you couldn't shift him, you couldn't do these things. Like they didn't do that since the back in the day anyway, but he found a hole. Yeah. Like he reminded me a lot of like like Tony Gwynn reminded me a lot of him. Yeah. Whenever he came up. Like yeah. 02 didn't matter if it was 02 or 20. Oh, it didn't make they didn't come off their approach. They tried to get the ball get deep and slap the ball somewhere. Now every now and again they run in some home runs, obviously, but um it wasn't their style. Their style was to get on base and the next man up. It was a completely different style of baseball and how he excelled in that style of baseball for that long is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible to me. And it's almost like, I mean, okay, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, if there's some story that I don't know, but with Pete Rose, he, like you, I think you just said it, he bet on his team to win. He bet on the Reds to win. When That's he bet. my understanding. Yeah. I, I don't think he ever placed a bet on them to lose because then you go, all right, is he right, making decisions? Right. Like the Black Sox, whatever it was. Right. But it's almost like he's, you know, adding incentive to, I mean, oh, coach yeah. the most amazing game ever, right? Right. Because there's a financial loss if he if he lost, loses beyond you know right and I don't know what how it all went down and I don't think we'll ever know the true story about it but maybe I mean he'll talk about it obviously but you know there's always two sides to every story right right um, but in my opinion if he was going outside getting other information for you know other managers like hey this guy's not going to play today because of this instance mm -hmm. or this injury we know he's not playing and he's going to play the best because of that like come on like that, yeah maybe there's a little bit of like no that's that that's bad or he might be getting insider information things like that but like i don't i don't know if that's the case and i just made that up completely but um i don't think he was and i don't think he ever bet on his team to lose i know he didn't ever bet on his team to lose fact checkers i'm sure will fact check me on that but um i agree with you i, I agree if you, you're placing bets for your team to win you 
hey, you're placing your bets for your team to be successful. And, I mean, don't the, doesn't the fan base, doesn't the, the they average like Joe love that? Yeah. Like, they would love that. It's like that. calling your shot. Right. Right. I mean, I, now, so I'm looking here because I couldn't remember. Uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson was never allowed into the hall, was he? Mm -hmm. No. And to me, I that, don't think, no. that, yeah, I'm looking it up, and I don't think he ever was. And, man, to me, did you ever see that movie, Eight Men Out? Yeah. So good. That's a yeah. classic baseball movie. I love good. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to get to that. That'd be a great topic. Uh, best baseball movie of all time. But, yeah, Shoeless Joe Jackson, that's another one that's just almost – I mean, that, that one's heartbreaking. It is. Um, and you kind of got to – that one's even different because they – he was just guilty by association. Correct. Right? Correct. And, I mean, look, his, his uh, batting average – 300, 356 lifetime average, 1,772 hits, 54 home runs, runs bad in 785. And then I guess it was the, was it the, I don't remember what, was it 09 White or the 01 White Sox where they threw the series and he, but no, the 1919 Black Sox scandal. Yeah. Where they threw the series, but he had, he was like great Ungr numbers. Un yeah. Great numbers. Yes. But so, he was associated with the, the group that was yep. started it. That's that's just BS, dude. No, no doubt. Best uh, best baseball movie ever. That's a tough one, man. Angels in the Outfield. I love that one. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> the new Bad it's News been, Bears. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen that. The <laughs> most recent baseball movie that I, that I love that I feel like is a pretty good depiction of like anything Kevin Costner playing baseball to me is a, a good movie. Yeah. Um, for love of the game, I love it. I just love the whole storyline, little you know, it was a rom romantic type deal. Like, right. I, it's just a good overall show to me. Um, a lot of mixed emotions on Field of Dreams. People say it's terrible. I love it. I yeah, love Field I of love Dreams. It. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of um. You're not the natural. Oh, there you go. I love that one. You know, you, you want to hear something cool? Yeah, I tried to get my kids to watch that show the other day. Yeah. Uh, it was on MLB Network and um. They were like, Dad, we're not watching this show from um, back in the day. I'm like, well, back in the day? Like, it's, it's a great movie. My wife was like, it was made in 84 I'm like, or 86, whatever it was. Yeah. Who cares? It's a great show. Roy Hobbs, baby. Roy Hobbs. I just came here to play ball. Yeah. I mean, I, just came, I mean, yeah, Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy. Yeah. I mean, I had a Louisville Slugger. Only kid in, I guess it was when I was in Little League, not Farm League, Little League. Only kid in the whole league swinging a wood bat because you could then. You know, high school you can't, but I guess you still could then. And I got a um, one of those wood burning kits. Oh yeah. And I put in there Wonder, Wonder Boy. Boy with the lightning bolt. Oh, see, I've always wanted to play mm -hmm. just so I could actually make a Wonder Boy bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I might do that still. We should. Let's yeah. do that. That should. We'll do that for a show. Yeah. Just right. make the bat. We'll have to make the bat live. Maybe that'll be one of our things. Maybe that instead of handing out like. Uh, Ba ba like cards or, or business cards we'll give everybody a baseball yeah. bat here come you on the show yeah, so you download the show you get a free bat <laughs> you get a, you get a chance to get a drawing for a free bat or he was like, what the yeah, hell am i gonna do a free bat giveaway like yeah. come on yeah. we'll, we'll sign it for you yeah whatever yep. we need to do it'll be great yeah well we'll, so we'll just make the bat and then you tell us what you want on it and we do our best to put it on there and we're not artist people or you know no. carpenters or yeah but you're probably more handy than i am i guarantee you jimlin would attest to that just about a monkey a monkey with only three fingers could roll up and she'd go yeah the monkey's probably more handy than jace <laughs> so uh, your bat <laughs> would might agree with you on that with me but um but she always asked me to do things carly always asked me to do things i'm okay i do it yeah. and then i get started and i'm like okay i've, I've, I've really messed up so it takes me, I'll, I'll mess something up, which I'm okay with. And she's not okay with this, but I like to learn through failure. Yeah. Right? I, I played baseball my entire life. It's a game of failure. I like to learn through failure. So instead of just actually go, taking the time to go, okay, how do you, you know, re-upholster this? I'll get, or how do you upholster this outdoor furniture with um, AstroTurf? I see a lot of time on these, you know, outdoor channels or outdoor sections and stuff on um, social media platform. And I go, like, I can do this. Yeah. And I'll start doing it. I'll start doing it. I look it up and there's <laughs> creases all over it. Yeah. It doesn't stay. It yeah. looks like ass. Yeah. And then she'll walk out there and be like, what is that? I'm like, <laughs> I, I tried. Uh, I'm ripping it up soon. <laughs> like, it's, it's happening. That's that's me. God, uh, one of my favorite stories. It wasn't a good story at the time, but when we first moved to Tyler, we had to have some trim. I wanted some uh, crown molding put in my house. 
bought an old house over there inside the loop behind uh, Andy Woods, oh, those old houses over mm-hmm. there. And a buddy of mine recommended this guy to me to do it. He rolls up in this old hippie van. I mean, he's he looks rough, but I'm like, I don't care. I mean, get after it. And his price was great. So he comes over there and he, he's got his materials and he gets started. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm, I'm going to take a break. All right, no, no sweat. So I've got to go to Home Depot. Perfectly normal. You know, you're yeah. doing a construction job, kind of go over to the HD. Yeah. Comes back and he's got one of those orange how to one, two, three Home Depot books. Oh, shit. This guy has never hung crown molding in his life. And he's fumbling around with it and everything. And I'm like, going, are you freaking kidding me right now? <laughs> and he leaves and then doesn't come back for like, and so finally, three weeks later, I call him. I mean, I've been calling. He finally answers his phone and he's just frantic. He's like, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. I have never done that before. And I'm like, yeah, the, the, the how to one, two, three book kind of gave yeah, you away, yeah, yeah. Dennis, yeah. you know, but let's just get it fixed. So he ends up hiring somebody to get it fixed. But I was like, you poor guy. I mean, but he tried. Now, he you tried. Give the guy credit now. Yeah. At the time, I'm sure you weren't trying to give him any kind of credit for trying to figure it out on the job. No, but just say, I can't do this yeah. and move on. There's a lot of power in admitting to something, right? Oh. Like, hey, just I, I listen, Jason. I don't know how to do crown molding. I attempted to come over here and do it, but you know, I can't I, do it. I can't. I would do respect that. the hell out of that more than I would just be like, you know what? I'm gonna stick some boards up there. I'm beat the shit out of these nails. Yeah, and see if it works. <laughs> out. Just see what happens. Thing, you know, I'm like, it falls down and nah. <laughs> the, the 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 pieces don't match yeah. up. It's like, oh my god, it's tough to get a 45 degree angle in, in the corner. corners. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> one on top top. Of it. Don't worry about that. You could like put some putty oh, or yeah. something up there. No big deal. You know, that's and that's one of the things you bring up that is something that I've come to a point in my life, like I am very directionally challenged. I mean, dude, I might get us lost going back to your house. I mean, and I've lived here for nearly 20 years. I'm terrible. And I used to get so wound up about it. Like if Jim and I were going somewhere, like we go to Dallas and she's got like the senses of a honing pigeon. I mean, she can go one place one time and she can go take a left here. No, take this alley. No, jump over that building and then go around, go through the back door. She's like in Goodfellas, them going through the back of the kitchen, weaving their way in. Oh, absolutely. So that's how she is everywhere we go. She just goes once and she knows I'm the opposite. I can live there for... 20 years and still not get around and i used I to be kind of get that oh i'm a landmark kind of guy though like it's over there by the mcdonald's on old jack yeah oh okay i got you i and i used to be kind of the typical dude a little prideful and she tried to give me directions i'd be like i look i know what i'm doing i know where i am and in my mind i'm going god i hope i really know where i am Just, now i have i have no problem going you know what I'm not good at that. Someone else is, and I'm going to let, and I'm smart. I'm able to redirect and reframe and go, I'm making a smart decision by admitting I'm not good at this and someone else is. And so I'm going to let them handle it. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It took, it only took me 47 years to realize it, but (laughs) what the hell? Better late than never. Right. Absolutely. I'm just kind of the same as my wife. She, she's very, very directionally challenged. I'm kind of that way. I don't like to admit I am, but, um, and she doesn't know that I am. She will now, obviously, but um, she doesn't know. Like, she she used to put her GPS on everywhere we went. Like, yeah. if we were going somewhere, it, we could have been going from our house to Fresh and it would just automatically get in there and just put it in and put it in there. <laughs> She's better at it now, obviously, but, um, yeah. But it's like, how do people, like, how do people get by? I actually, my dad made me learn with the Atlas. Like, Atlas. when we would go to yes. Destin or we'd go somewhere to Florida, like, on vacation. Yeah. He would have this, and by no means, when people talk about, like, oh, you text on your phone, never text and drive. My dad had an Atlas the size of this table in the window, looking at it, driving with one knee. And if, and, and, you know, and if he was my home. dad, he had an open beer. Yeah, I'm <laughs> for sure. Back in the did. day. Tying a bandana on And, and, and you like, didn't have a seatbelt on, oh. rolling around. Yeah. yeah, no, it was a totally different ballgame. Well, probably in the back of the truck for 12 hours. <laughs> exactly, like, doing exactly. Like like, yeah. It's not any safer now. Like, no. We're not safer now than yeah. it was back then, by any means. But it's, it's all relative, right? Now we have phones, and people are more apt to be on their phone than Atlas, right? Like, it's, yeah. It's it's just the whole thing, but Atlas. Let me tell you, it was covered up the like I couldn't see half the trip because Same. my dad would until MapQuest came along. Yeah, I could print them out, have them on paper. Yeah, but even still, then he would put a 
God, my printing dad, map quest. Oh, I forgot. Printing map quest. That's <laughs> what I did through that. college. Like, oh my gosh. When Nokia phones were out, like you couldn't just go wow. on your phone and Google it up. Like you had to, and Gorman's were huge. Like, yeah. But I had to save for that. I was in college. I was a pool man. That's insane, dude. You know, it it's has, funny. Technology has advanced in so, oh, so drastically. So man. fast. Crazy. The things we take for granted, you know, I remember talking about the Atlas. That's what my mom one time, she would always be the navigator. My dad would drive through the night and we would drive to Colorado in the summers in our station wagon. And they had an Atlas. They would whip out. I still to this day, I don't know how the hell to read the Atlas. I mean, the fact that there's multiple pages you have to turn, <laughs> I, I can't even read a map that's all in one big. Well, right. Page. And it's not like you go, okay, I'm in no. Texas now. Then I'm going to go, I'm, I'm, here's, my, here's my page. I'm in Texas where I'm starting out. We're going to Colorado. Let's just take this road. No. Oh, hell no. no you got to find Colorado now. Yeah, I can't even keep up in a book about, you know, <laughs> anything. I'm sure not going to keep up with it and find my way. No, I'm screwed. But they would take this atlas and drive. And one time, though, my mom, something happened, and they took a wrong turn. <laughs> we ended up somewhere in Oklahoma <laughs> out in, on a cattle ranch in the middle of the night on our way to Colorado. That was one good story. Another one has nothing to do with directions, but talking about just family trips when we were kids. We decided we're going to take this um, trip to Nashville, and we're going to go to Opryland, USA which was basically, which it became our version of, uh, what's it called? Um, dang it. Um, Marty Moose, Chris, uh, vacation. Christmas, uh, uh, National Lampoon? Yeah. yeah. Where were they going? Or, uh, I'll think of it. I mean, I can't. I, that's ridiculous. I'm like the biggest vacation fan see, ever. I, okay. I, I am, but I'm not. Like, I've seen the movies, but I, I never remember which, where they're going. Or right. I'm, I'm terrible at movies. My, wife, my wife's family can quote movies all day long. And... I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen the movie. Half the time I haven't, but I'll just agree. I just go with it because I've heard of it. Wally World. Wally World. Okay, Wally World. so yeah, yeah, yeah. we go. And I bet and anybody that's listening is like, are you freaking kidding me, dude? It's Wally World, you idiot. And so we well, get. We drive all the way to Nashville, and find out Opryland USA is closed for cleaning and maintenance. Oh no! I mean, you, go, you give my mom a little bit of uh, grace on this. To your point, there's no internet. No. There's nothing. There's no cell phone to just make sure and call. Yeah, you stop at a payphone. So, yeah, who, stop who it. Who does it? No, like oh, it might be closed. Like no, I mean, I'm, I'm gone. Think Go about. It. I mean, our freaking, our freaking moms and dad were like Lewis and Clark every yeah. time they went on vacation. <laughs> it's just like, all right, load up supplies and maps and let's go, kids. Oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And you didn't know you you hoped that the cabin was there when you yeah. showed up that you that you had found a freaking. My mom said that she would like go to the uh, library and she would research and find, and somewhere, I don't know, she would send off for maybe, I don't know where the hell she would get these things. She'd send off her pamphlets and she would get these pamphlets oh, like mailed from, to her. From different Chambers of Commerce. Yeah, and chambers so she, and she'd go through them and she would look and just decide, okay, well, this looks good. And all you had was what was in that freaking folded up pamphlet. pamphlet. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Our parents were like pioneers. It is really, they really were. And we were like compared to what we had to go. Station to go wagon now, was yeah. like a covered wagon. Oh, dude, station wagon like they're, yeah. they're getting smart. Like they're starting to make the wagoneers again. They're starting to make that little that whole yeah. like brand of that yeah. kind of stuff again. Yeah, yeah. I think you got to. Sometimes the old was the best way. The old was just fine. Just we had to go and screw it all up. It worked. Well, we all right, dude. We nearly hit an hour. That wasn't bad, huh? No, it's not. All right, so but we both agree with this. Like, tell the audience, like, we're we're doing this. It's probably going to take different changes, different directions, and we're gonna we're doing this just to, to just to go. Yeah, we 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 talked about this for how long now? Oh gosh, and, at least a year. Yeah, well, since I had you on my show, like you were. Yeah, like the Texas Titan podcast started. Can you believe this? Four years ago this month, and yeah. you were in year one. You were season one of the Texas Titans podcast, dude. No kidding. Yep. So it's been. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think so. You is either year one or year two, but I'm almost positive you were in that first year. But so. yeah, we but we're not gonna ever get going. We're we're not gonna figure out what we want to do until we just do it. Yeah, that's so we're it. We're just gonna go and do it. You know, and that's a good lesson for those of you listening. I mean, Josh is a perfectionist, and he, if if he had his way about it, we would have this all figured out before we ever came yeah. on here. And I said, no, we just need to get started. That's mm -hmm. so. We thank you for bearing with us, but we want you to join in, right? And right. so. 
you know, give us ideas, topics, uh, like, topics, and then name it. if there was something you heard today yeah. that we riffed on that you thought was funny, uh, balls and strikes. Yeah. I think that that's money. We want to hear what you guys think. Give us some topics to cover on balls and strikes. Right. You know, yeah. what should be a ball? What should be a strike? And then any other ideas? We are open. We just look. Our goal is to promote. Uh, we want to be. We're not going to try to be funny, but we know we're going to cover some funny topics. But also, we're going to cover some serious topics. Yeah. You know, my motto is to improve always and always. Josh subscribes to that idea as well, and this is just an outlet for us to. I don't know to spread a little happy and a little goodness, right? right? Like, this, yeah. You know, and we iron sharpening. We want iron. your topics too. Like, if we can iron does sharpen iron for yes. sure. If your topics are something that you that you believe in that you feel very strongly about. Throw them our way. Let us discuss them yeah. and talk about them. Yeah. And maybe we'll have a call-in number here oh, yeah, before yeah. we know it. And Absolutely. we can talk through that. And um, But, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a journey for everybody. Yeah. And we're looking forward to it. This isn't going to be something we just happens once every you know month and a half, two months. This is something that we're hoping you're all in for the long haul with. Yeah, because we are. We're going to be yeah. here, whether you, and we hope you show up with us. So, all right. With that, I'm Jason. He's Josh. And we're out. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Texas Titans Media, all rights reserved, 2022. Thanks for joining us.